This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Hello, good evening and welcome to the Midweek Fix for this Wednesday night. I'm your host Gav and tonight we have loads to get through but we are limiting this to a 70 minute show. We've made promises to each other and if we don't keep those promises we're going to fall out as friends. How does that sound? I've even found some um, sound effects that I can play if I've had enough of a of a, of a certain subject. I can just press this button, it makes a mad noise, it'll blow the ears off you and then we know to move on to the next subject. So I'm absolutely thrilled with that, um, even more so than the League Cup draw that's about to happen. But tonight we're going to talk about James Milner, the man's a machine. We're going to talk about VAR boys because Joe Wayman's on and Joe Wayman hates VAR, hates the top six, um, hates everything about everything. So um, we're going to talk about that. Um, we're also going to talk about um, youngsters in the game, the next Next breed of youngsters that are coming through, especially at Liverpool, and we're going to talk to Joe about some players at Leeds as well. We're going to, of course, have our winners and losers, and anything that else that comes in the chat over the next hour or so. Um, so, joining me, as I said, uh, Wayman Joe, Joe Wayman, the Leeds fan mm. with the unearned green screen behind him. Um, he's apologised to me for that, which is great. Um, Chris Brack, um, who's going to be watching the League Cup draw for us live, and he's just going to interrupt and tell us as the teams come out. So that's good. And we have Conroy back, as always, on Wednesday night. Joe, how are you, my man? Apart from hating everybody yeah. in the top six. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm really good. Um league is not going as well as I first envisaged. Still yet to get our first win of the season. Um, West Ham next. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit like this at the minute uh, with the fan base. But, look, I think we'll be totally fine. But as for myself, yeah, mate, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Good, good. And it's great to have you back. It's a long time since we've been on a show you. together. So, um, I was really yeah. excited when you told me you could come on tonight. Um, absolutely delighted. Chris, is the league cup draw has a started yet? No, they're still talking to Harry Redknapp, so, you know, give us give us half an hour. <laughs> okay, what does that mean about? What, what about it's what? Ha- fishing? I, d- I don't is he know. hanging Harry out of his car? Is he sat his car Redknapp? by any chance? <laughs> it's Harry and Michael Richards, but now just tell us the, the numbers. So, you know. Okay, yeah, so, the so, numbers have started, so we're on a, we're on a good thing here. Conroy, um, you've been accused of being um, very negative. Um, you've upset <laughs> yeah, a lot of yeah, people yeah. on our YouTube channel over the last week, and I'm all I'm all for it. Yeah. So, um, can you tell us who you <laughs> predict Liverpool will draw tonight and eventually uh, exit the uh, League Cup to? <laughs> um, uh, probably, I think we'll get 
I don't know what the Chelsea score was, so I don't know if yeah, Chelsea went through on penalties. We'll, Chelsea's through. I think I think I think we'll get Chelsea. Okay, good stuff. And go well. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love it. Just, Love just, it. just, 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 right. just go with the negative, nearly attitude. Yeah, we're going to get beat 4-0. Yeah, okay. On. Nah, only, only joking. Only Good stuff. Um, <laughs> but listen, um, on tonight's show, we've loads to pack in. And as I said, we're going to try to keep this 60, 70 minutes and then we're out of here. Okay. So, um, I want to bring up something to start off with. And it's basically... Um, something that just popped up today, um, because it's kind of announced with regards to the Premier League and the World Cup in Qatar in 2022. And I'm going to put up on the screen just quickly for you and I'm going to read it out. And it's basically the timeline of the Premier League between the start of next season, which is usually August, um, so it'll be August 22, right through to May slash June 2023, and um, when the season ends and facilitates the World Cup in Qatar in the November slash December, okay? So, the plan looks to be August the 6th, the season will begin, which is about Gab. average. Yeah. Gab, so, sorry, sorry, uh, Joe, you're you're away to Arsenal. Arsenal leads, uh, okay. And Chelsea, and Chelsea Southampton so far. Chelsea Southampton oh, so far. Not, not Chelsea then, not Chelsea then. Okay, so August the 6th, the season begins, about average. November the 2nd is the final Champions League group game, and on November the 14th, the season will pause, i.e. Premier League. The 21st of November, the World Cup will begin and end on December 18. On the 26th of December, eight days later, the season will resume in England in the Premier League. The season will end late on May 28th. June the 3rd will be the FA Cup final. And June the 10th, which is the latest it's been, which will be about nine days, I think, will be the Champions League final. So we're probably looking at three weeks after that, when teams would usually come back around July the 1st for pre-season. Joe, I'll come to you first. That just seems like a mad, mad schedule. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Like when you were telling me, I've not had a chance to see it, but uh, when when you were just saying before we came on, like me as a football fan, I can't lie, I'm like, oh, I'm buzzing. <laughs> I can't wait. Like it's non-stop football. Do you know what I mean? We get a world Sorry Cup. to interrupt. Uh, yeah. World breaking news here. Man City are a, away from home to a Premier League side. They've got West Ham away. Oh, okay. Mm. So, That'll be a good game. Someone forgot to yeah. heat up the balls. Deadly. Seriously. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, look, as a fan, I look at it and think, what a World Cup squeezed in between a Premier League season. It's decent. But from a playing perspective, it's not ideal for them, is it? Let's be honest, they're running on empty, I think, especially when you consider what happened with COVID and, and then they're expected to next season. It's a similar sort of vibe, you know. Them, yeah, it's uh, it's a lot to put on them. Um we see, obviously, the managers, you know, complaining all the time, etc., about players getting adequate rest and too much football, especially in England. So I guess that just adds to it. But as a football fan, like I'm like, yeah, that's good, man. <laughs> Give me a World Cup in between. Although what I will say is, I don't want none of this every two years rubbish that Arsene Wenger's yeah. trying to like do. But I just think, yeah, I think it'll be decent, man. It'll be decent. But I suppose, Gav, for you guys who are challenging at the top of the league, if they go out on a World Cup, let's say you're on an amazing run, Liverpool are smashing it. There's a World Cup. You get a couple of your players injured. You come back. And you've got half a squad. Do you know what I mean? So I guess there's yeah. that as well that you have to factor into it, really. Yeah, there's a Liverpool lot of draws. Liverpool draws we made. We are away from home to Preston. Okay, away to Preston. Okay, Liverpool away to Preston. Last time we played them, it was 2-0, wasn't it? Uh, Torres and Gerrard, or is that... Yeah, we've had a couple of pre-season games as well. We've had a couple of pre-season games. I've got all the, we can go through all the draw later, but 
you know, the key one is Liverpool Preston. So and Arsenal home to Leeds. CE away to West Ham. Okay. Leeds um, Leeds will be Arsenal. Leeds will be Arsenal. No bother. Good stuff. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's sucking up to you a bit there, Joe. Um, yeah, good <laughs> but, but I think, I, I know, not to go into it too much, I just thought I'd, I'd bring it to the table with regards to this World Cup. The thing for me, Joe, was that this season is going to end mid-May, end of May for the Champions League final. You, it's it's probably, you know, you're getting a bit of a break um, and going into next season, but it's not it's not only it's not only the football. Like they're going to try cram league games in. They're going to the Champions League. Then you're going to have players World Cup coming back six eight days after the World Cup final. You're going to have players looking, and there will be players in the World Cup final. I think they're playing the Premier League. Not just I'm not just concerned about Liverpool here. It's other players as well, and they will come back, and then we will kick off the season and go hell for leather right through to May the twenty eighth. And and it's Calvin Phillips and that won't it, boy? Yeah, the England, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> but it's um, it's. It's. I love your optimism, and I love it. All. <laughs> um, but it's it's even it's even more the case that it's 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 going to affect right. the season, and it's most definitely going to affect the following season with regards to recovery time, and you know players getting a rest then after what will be one of the most frantic seasons you've ever seen. So it's a bit um, it's a bit of a mad one. But we look. In fairness, we know it's been coming for five or six years now. Mm-hmm. I think since he announced it. So it's just it's just one of those. John was absolutely um, John was absolutely thrilled. He says finally. We've got an easy draw. Um, famous last words, John. You never know who we'll put out in that game, but I know where you're coming from because Liverpool usually win a round in the League Cup and then get a Chelsea away. Um, and we throw out a load of young fellas and it doesn't work. Or we're asked to play a League Cup game um, 24 hours before we're playing a World Club <coughs> Cup game um, on the other side of the world, which happened a couple of years ago. Do you remember? But um, it's one of those. But look, I just wanted to, I just wanted to touch on it. Um, it's... <laughs> Look, we're going to get loads of debate about it over the, over the next the coming months or, and certainly the next year. So let's see, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. Um, I want to move on and I want to talk about James Milner. Now, I'm glad Joe was on tonight as a Leeds fan because he has an insight to James Milner. Feelings on James Milner. And, of course, James Milner, who's been linked to Leeds over the last one or two summers, you know, with them coming back into the Premier League and with Milner moving, end his career there and stuff like that. But, Chris, I'll come to you first because... He never ceases to amaze me. I'm being honest with you. He's 36 years of age now. And, you know, I'm going to bring a graph up here for you. And he slots in a right back. And, and when you see that team against Palace, you're thinking, oh, Zaha's going to run at Milner. Zaha's going to run at Milner. And you see a pass completion map there with regards to the passes he makes, the chances he makes. Um, and it, oh, Trent is out of his world, but he came in and done as able a job as anybody could have, I think, for Liverpool the other day. He's, he's ridiculous, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, in terms of Palace performance, it was seamless. You know, we didn't really sort of change the style of how we played. You know, he, he slotted in nicely, he gives Salah all the help he needed. And to be honest, he, he wasn't really left too exposed, but he's just timeless. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest, I remember when we signed him, the same son United signed uh, Schweinsteiger, I remember at the time he was like, who's got the better free? Uh, but I think people just forget, you know, th- this guy has gone from being, you know, a tricky winger to a title winning centre midfielder to now being the the best utility man we've ever had. He's probably the best free I think Liverpool have ever had. I can't think of a better free. Um, I mean, people talk about Gary Mack. Maybe the Premier League, Chris. Maybe the best free the Premier League's ever had. It's arguable. Yes. It's definitely up there, but I'm trying to think for us, all the frees we've had, we've had some great ones in like Joe Matip, Gary McAllister, uh, Marcus Babel, but James Miller's just, 
he's just timeless and he's he's always there when you need him in the crunch moments. And I think this year for a title push, you'll need a James Milner more than anything uh, for whether it's a cover right back like he did the other day or last 20 minutes to close the game out where I call it bringing the grown up on to, to sort the game out. And that's why that's how I describe him. He, and he makes Tenson's job 10 times easier. It, it really does. And Connor, I want to show you something else here, right? Um, because we are concerned over Milner coming in. How does it affect us as a team? And not only Milner coming in to affect us as, as a team, but, you know, Harvey Elliott being out. And we've seen a trend, which Jamie has shown us on this show over the last couple of weeks, where the right back, the right centre midfielder, which was Trent, Harvey Elliott, and then you had Mo Salah. And this triangle seemed to just move away from the rest of the team in a in a, in a general sense when you look at that screen. And this triangle was looking to probe all the time and look for openings and seemed to have a great understanding. Of course, we lose Harvey Elliott um, to injury. And then you have Trent that's on well. And Henderson comes in there and, and Milner comes in and you still see that same triangle. You still see them walking together, walking together. Now, it may seem like a very obvious thing because, Gav, they're on that side of the pitch. Why are you being silly? But it's obviously, a, 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 you know, it's, it's an effort to get this triangle of players to play regardless of, of who they are. It's, it's definitely a tactic from Liverpool and, and we didn't see that ease up at all against Palace from me. You're just seeing different names, different faces, but the same sort of input and the same sort of output from them. No, absolutely, Gavin. I think it's it's, it's uh, if you just look at the opposite side, you've got you've got usually I don't know if that's me there, folks. Um, you've got the left back and the left winger on that side. It'd be Shimikas and, and Manny. And you can just tell that if you look with the left centre mid, it's not the same relationship as the triangle triangle on the right hand side. And you can just tell that they're they're that's obviously a game plan and it doesn't matter which personnel they've got, it just works. And it's been working very well this season, especially against teams. And I'm not saying Palace just sat in for the full game. I'm not saying that, but you can tell it, it worked well against Burnley, it's now worked well against Palace, even with different personnel in. So to me, that just looks like the team are working on different things behind the scenes to to break down issues we've had in previous seasons. So, yeah, I think I think it's great, man. I feel like it's. Um, I said to Chris on the pre-show that for me, James Milner is the backup right back for us a hundred percent because he's for me he's the one. I don't want to keep repeating myself, but he's the one who gives us the best balance of attack and defence. Whereas Gomez, yes, maybe like if you're playing a Man City at home and Trent can't play, you probably shove a Gomez there when he becomes back to 100% fitness. But for me, the balance is James Milner. He's ahead of Nico Williams and he's ahead of Gomez for me for the balance of defence and attack. So there's not much more you can say about a 35-year-old. Just to add to Chris's point as well, I don't know any free transfer who ends up being the, the top assister in the Champions League. But I don't know if there is anyone who's ever done that before. So honestly, what a signing. I've got the stats here. He's got 85 goals and 131 assists in his career. Stupendous. And just, yeah... Unbelievable specimen of a player as well. Oh, I just think I just think it's mad. Like, and, and I've been honest with you. When we get to every summer, I go, "This is me. This is if I'm Milner. You're going to see less and less of him and, and his influence." And when he comes on, I always said going back a year ago, you, "Milner's your four sub." And the reason he's your four sub is because if you're losing the game, you bring him on, and he allows other players to push on and try and make something happen. And he's really and he's actually quite he's very creative. Um, when you get when he's when you actually get him in positions, he is quite creative. But he's, he's also a force up if you're winning the game and you're looking to protect because he has this unnatural knack 
of coming onto a pitch or starting a game and literally kicking lads, right? As much as he wants from start to finish and just has this face that he puts towards the referee and the ref just refuses to book him. Um, so it's absolutely brilliant. So he's always been your fourth sub. We've seen a bit less of him this season, but that's to be expected from me. But I just don't have any doubt over him when he comes on or starts. I just go, yeah, he'll do a job. He'll absolutely do a job. I've only seen him exposed a couple of times. And one of them was by Zaha at Anfield, in fairness. Um, but other than that, he just he's, he's so professional. And that stint that left back, you know, people went, well, he's so experienced to do it. But I think it actually stood to him. I think it actually improved him as a player, having to do that for, for a season or so, because it was another... It was another um, strength was ball, I suppose. And, you know, you never stop learning in football, but James, I just think it's brilliant. And Joe, I brought this up deliberately because you as a Leeds fan, he starts out with Leeds and he still has a great relationship with Leeds fans and he's warming up on the sideline at Ellen Road and they're applauding him and Hendo's giving him hugs and, and all sorts of stuff. But two questions, I suppose, for you, Joe. Your feelings on James Milner now as a player? Um and also, that little triangle I was talking about, is that something you noticed at Ellen Road? Because I noticed it in a big way in that game. Yeah, I think um, I think Trent's on record. I think Leeds United are finding this season, especially with the, the more tactically astute managers, I think that, that we are being pressed in wide areas, you know, and you can see that, I guess, from that graphic, you know, and able to get out. And I think Trent touched on it in, in the post-match as well, after you soundly soundly beaters. Um, but Liverpool were great that day, I have to say that. I know I'm getting a lot of grief in the chat, but Liverpool were just different gravy that day. Um, but yeah, man, you look, you look put down that side, it's quite funny because that's like when you were kicking towards the cop, I, I'm there, like that's my seat's near there. And um, when we were giving Trent, you're just a Kyle Walker, and then he went and uh, <laughs> across the ball, and yeah. <laughs> fair play. I love this because he. Why would you do that to train? Why would you do that to train? Wait, well, this train, is the funny thing. Not, the but uh, he turned round and just went like that to us afterwards, and I thought, yeah, fair play. <laughs> and, and what was the reaction? Was the people there going, "Ah, oh, fuck it, yeah, he got us there"? No, no, it was. That's what I mean. When you, I guess. When it's someone, we can appreciate Trent's quality. It was more of a laugh, like, fair enough. You know what I mean? We were just griefing you and you've just done that. So you, you have to hold your hands up. Uh, I, I get Maybe that, mate. It's, it's just a bit of banner, isn't it? It's just a bit of laugh. That's it's funny, though. It's just funny. Yeah. It, and it, it's because it's Trent and it's Liverpool and there's respect there. Whereas if it's, I don't know, I tell you when Cristiano comes to Ellen Road, for example, it's going to be a totally different ball game. It's, it's not so, going to be yeah. that light-hearted. It's not going to be that light-hearted. No, it's definitely not, no. Um, yeah, so it was fair. I mean, Liverpool were fantastic, and yeah. Um, Harvey Elliott as well, obviously, shame what happened to him with Pascal, etc. But I, I said in my preview, he was someone we needed to watch out for, and I think he it, it was classing that game prior to him, to him getting the injury. He looks a real talent. I know he was... We've sent a kid out on loan to Blackburn, um, I think, in the in the hope that it has a similar sort of uh, effect as, as what Harvey Elliott did. I think there's a lot, like, Mowbray does well with these youth players, you know, so I think Leeds have looked at the situation with Harvey Elliott and said, right, OK, and, and, and sent them Perveda, so hopefully he has a similar sort of impact. But Harvey Elliott looks different gravy. Um just on James Milner as well. I was when you mentioned about the free transfers, I had a little quick look on the old Tinder web, and there's a top five. So you've got uh, Michael Balak, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, James Milner in third, Rude Hullet at Chelsea, and then Saul Campbell at Arsenal. But I would say for longevity, I think 
Milner surpasses them, really, to be fair. So I, I would put Milner as number one, but obviously I am going to say that. Um, go on, Gav. No, I was just going to say, like, there's some serious players like Balak, Huller, yeah. um, Ibrahimovic, Milner. And but but as a signing, was Balak that good? I know that's uh, Balak, Balak was a, Balak was brilliant. Um but was he, really, he successful at Chelsea though? I think he won. He, doesn't, I think, he won enough, yeah. like yeah, he won enough. But I think I think the thing that stands out with Milner for me is that he's everywhere. Like he's literally mm. playing right back. He'll play. He'll play as a six. He'll play as an eight. He'll play as a left back. He'll play anywhere for you. You know these players that come in. Ibrahimovic is going to stand up front. Hulla ends up. At, I think it's a free to Chelsea, isn't it? It's, he's a, yeah. He ends up being a sweeper. Um, yeah. Ends up being the manager. Yeah, and Balak's yeah, yeah. Balak's good. Balak's really good. Um, no, unbelievable player. I just yeah, no, I just I know. I get your point. Yeah. I get your point, and I agree with it. I just think it's the it's it's the versatility of Milner, you know. And usually when you're that versatile, you're you're used all the time, and you're running into the ground. And by 36, there's just nothing left. But he just just keeps going and going and going. But but Joe, back to you. Um, like James Milner, like he he'll always be loved at Leeds because he never wanted to go. Yeah. It was a financial thing, no. wasn't it, with the club? Yeah, and I think as well, I always dreamed, I think it was on every, every Leeds fan's mind that when we did return to the Premier League, you would return. However, I think that ship sailed now, which is disappointing. And, and that's more so, again, due to the quality of James Milner. The fact that Liverpool and, and Klopp want to keep him around, mm. you know, um, because of his versatility versatility and probably what he offers to the squad off the pitch as well. It'll be so important what James Milner brings in that dressing room. I'd imagine anyway, you guys might tell me different, but I'd imagine it'd be um he's he's held up to high regard within the dressing room and I know Klopp's a big fan of his you can tell that on interviews. Um but I always dreamt that he would one day return. Um but I think that ship sailed, I think, especially under BLs. We have a, a sort of it's nowhere comparable, but Dallas is like our James Milner yeah. in that Dallas can play mm. anywhere. He plays in midfield, he plays at left back, he played at right back last night in the cup. Um, he's played in the DM. Like Dallas would probably play in goal if he was asked to, and I think that'd be the yeah. same if that, that goal is good against City, mate. He's had ten men. They yeah. always good against yeah, City. Exactly. Dallas is. I think he's underrated. I really like Dallas. Yeah. I watched that analyst yeah. last year and said he was one of your best players. The guy is mm. ridiculous. I think he goes under yeah. the radar. Very very good player. Well, he got the he got the player of the year that, uh, last season because prior to that, Pablo Hernandez had won it three years on the bounce, and then obviously Pablo didn't play much last season, and then Stuart Dallas deservedly got it. I think he got quite a few awards. I think he got players, player, player, goal of the season for that one at City as well. Um, yeah, he's, he's, and again, he's he just reminds me of Milner in that respect, just a consummate professional. I think he's captain at Northern Ireland now as well. Uh, he's, he's Stuart Dallas. So I think it's a shame because I would have liked to have seen James Milner pull on the lead shirt again. Maybe he will, I'm not sure. But uh, I hope he comes to the club in some capacity because I'd imagine James Milner would want want to probably do coaching, you'd imagine. I, 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 you would think that, wouldn't you? You would yeah. think he'd go into I'd be, I, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if Liverpool let him go. I think Liverpool yeah. will try and keep him in there. You set up. Uh, the yeah. key thing was when we played, was it Shrewsbury in the, in the FA Cup when it was the replay where Klopp basically sent, said, look, it's our two weeks off, so we, play, we literally are playing the kids. And Milner, I think, was coming from injury. Yeah. Instead of going on his holiday, uh, spoke to um, it was the under-23s manager time said, can I come on the bench and help out? And he was like, yeah, of course. And he was, he was helping out, giving the team talk. He was 
talking to him. He basically became the coach on the sideline. And the, the Can I just say as well, people are, saying, people are saying in the comments, Stuart, that I'm not saying, I, if you listen to what I said, I said they're not comparable in terms of playing. I, I'm not for one second it's, saying that. No, I'm no, about I, the character I, and what they bring. A, a utility player, a utility player, can, he's got yeah, the intelligence yeah, to play in different positions. I think it's the versatility with him because, you know, James Milner is versatile and you know when you have an issue, he comes in. Now, there's some games he'll start on merit in midfield for you, but usually it's like Robertson is injured. He'll go out there and he'll play. Now, we have Simicast there and he's had a great start to this season. And then if you have Trent on the other side, you go, well, Milner will step in there. Or, and then sometimes, as I said, he'll play midfield on merit and sometimes Fabinho's injured or, you know, you've seen it last season when we'd no centre-backs and we'd Henderson and, and all sorts playing centre-back. Milner will play in midfield. The thing with Dallas is, is that He's versatile to the point where I get confused when I look at Leeds lineups and I go, where the fuck is this fella playing today? Because he, he's he's in the team on Mera all the time, but you don't know where he's going to yeah. play. You know, sort of way, like, that's a great point. I yeah, when, 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 I, when I see a lineup from Leeds, I go, well, is he playing left back? Is he going to play right back? Are they going to play three at the back? Five? What are they doing? You know what I mean? I must be yeah. confused for other clubs going... It's confusing talent. for me. Yeah. It's confusing for me. Yeah, and, and, and then, he puts Rodrigo in his centre mid, and you're well, like, that's "What's the thing. going on?" That's the thing because <laughs> usually you could look and go, "Right, I'll plot these other ten players, and then I'll know where Dallas is." But now we've got Rodrigo, yeah. who's a centre forward, <laughs> messing about playing like fucking defensive midfielder and all sorts yeah. of messing. So it's, well, it's da- Dallas played uh, left back in first half yesterday, and then moved into centre midfield in the second half. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> um, we've been assured from the group um, and leader of the group, Free World, says we are only winding you up, Joe. Um, we're only joking, pal. Yeah, I um, see. It, I see. It. I get triggered by comments. That's yeah. yeah. Where do you see when I say VAR now in about ten minutes? How triggered you get? Um, but look, just, I've got. I've got. Do you know what? I've got. I didn't realize you could share your screen. So when we talk about Joffy, I'm going to be able to get my own back. He scored. I don't know if people are aware. He scored some absolute screamers against a certain side when we beat you 4-0 uh, in the under-23s the other day. So I'll be able to share and get my own back and share some clips of that. In a okay. Okay, Jesus. <laughs> it's got very serious here. Uh, we're sharing stuff. We're just, it's, it's all a big, massive propaganda fucking war now in the next half an hour. But um, no, look, I just wanted to bring up James Miller because in fairness, um, he was brilliant at the weekend for Liverpool and, and he actually missed the game against Norwich, I think, through illness. And it was ironic because um, he, I think Trent was ill against Palace and uh, Milner was quoted as saying he had Zaharitis because he didn't want to face Zaha. But um, obviously, um, obviously Milner didn't want to face the might of um, Daniel Fark and the lads last night. Um, so he went ill. But look, I just I wanted to touch on it. Um, brilliant player and it, there's no better place to get another view of James Milner than than a Leeds fan because you know he's he, he's gone from Leeds he goes to Newcastle I think he goes to Villa yeah. and he ends up playing for Liverpool and Man City and Leeds um, who are all um, not best friends with the other lads in Manchester so um, that's that's a nice stat as well from the half but look moving on um, and I want to talk about youngsters because out of out of the League Cup this is where you you see these young players now I'm not talking about your um, the likes of. Harvey Elliott, I think he's, you can now put him down as established because he's, I know he's only played a handful of league games, but if he wasn't injured, he'd have been playing at the weekend, you know, so he's, he's absolutely nailed in the squad. The same with Curtis Jones. Um, if you could look at United and Mason Greenwood, um, you, you've all, you've these players that are for me established now and, and are really pushing into, into squads. But I wanted to talk about youngsters that we're seeing as the next kind of, the next wave of young players that you say, you know what? 
watch him, keep an eye on him. Joe's mentioned somebody there that's gone out to, to Blackburn. And I want to I want to bring up three players on each side. And I've picked Leeds, obviously, because Joe was on. And um in particular, um there was one player that kept popping up in my mind because I kept seeing Joe talking about him. So I said I'll do it. So I just want to bring these players up on the screen and we'll talk about them one by one if we can, right? So we have um we've Cresswell, we've Greenwood and we've Gellhart at Leeds. Okay. Gellhart is the one that um, I've seen Joe talking about a lot on social media, so I was really interested to see what was going on there. And, of course, we have got Morton, we've Bradley and Gordon um, at Liverpool. Of course, Bradley and Gordon start the game against Norwich, and Morton comes on, and I thought it was extremely impressive. But, Chris, I'll come to you first. Um, I'm going to give you Tyler Morton because he came oh. on and he did everything simple, like Klopp said. He done everything rather simple. Um, but Klopp was happy with that. And it was funny because Klopp was saying... I want players to be brave. You know, I want them to be brave and I want them to do this and do that. And then in the next sentence he says, but Tyler Martin come on and he was brave in the fact that he just kept it simple and kept it moving and I like that about him. So there's obviously different aspects to what he's looking for from players, but he came on for me, Chris, and he was just like, just looked like a fourth team player coming on. Now I'm not saying Norris are the best team in the world and, you know, he had space, but he was holding fellas off and he was torn them, dropping shoulders and, and stuff like that. Is he really, really one to watch for you, Chris? He is, yeah. I was hoping you were going to give the right back to talk about Gadlow. I'll, give, I'll give you him as well in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the best thing I can say he did was, in the first half, you were watching Jones play six, which is not his natural game. And he did, look, he did fine there. But the best thing you can say with, with Tyler Morton is, when he came on, Jones got to play his natural centre-mid position and Jones looked a bet- even better. So that's generally a sign of a good player is that when he comes and he elevates others around him and he just kept it simple. He covered where you needed him to cover and he just didn't try. He didn't do the thing that some youngsters do, which is if they get their opportunity, they've got to show all their tricks and they've got to show what they can do that, you know, they want to show I can spray a ball 50, 60 yards. He didn't need to. He just kept it really simple, covered his fullbacks really well. And I just think he, he enabled the likes of a Jones and Chamberlain who struggled to push on further, to get get closer to, uh, Origi. I think in the end, Klopp changed formation in the end. I think in the end, he ended up playing uh, Tyler and Curtis as a two. Yeah. And he, he moved formation around because he gave you that flexibility, which possibly we didn't have in the first half. So that's where the biggest thing you can say about him is he slotted in as in like he didn't notice, oh, that's the youngster, but I mean that in a good way because he just fitted in. But then he allowed Klopp to go, oh, I'm going to switch some formation up now, 4-3-1, and he didn't phase him. You know, so it's really good. It's really good because he's quite a slight lad. So you know, he, you know, these are established Premier League players, and he's um, getting he's knocking about with here. So you know, yeah, I was impressed. I don't, I haven't seen massive. I don't claim to watch all the under twenty three. So I was, you know, impressed with what I saw of him. I was really impressed with what I saw of him. Um, just the confidence on the ball. He didn't seem, you know, where you see some young players to come in and you go, oh, he was good. But when you actually look at look at it back, you think a little bit hesitant in the pass or maybe being extra safe. Extra, extra safe, but he wasn't. He was just, he was just throwing around the places. If yeah, I'll just pass it here and I'll pass it there and I'll hold players off and I'm physically good. I, I was really, really impressed with him. And I think, you know, it's another name that's come up because Harvey Elliott has taken all the limelight over the last probably year or so, along with Curtis Jones coming through. And it's another player you look at and you think to yourself, you know what, um, League Cup. This is where you want to run in the League Cup. This is where you want to see him playing and getting those games. And even the FA Cup and the New Year comes because. I think the league was better than the FA Cup. Um, and I think these players should be getting the chance in both of them. Joe, those three players I put up on the screen, um, tell me about them and 
are they all as good as each other or is there one absolute standout for you? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, like Creswell, uh, centre-back. Do you remember Richard Creswell? Yeah. Yeah, so this is his son, Charlie Creswell. Um, He's uh, a centre-back, like an old-school centre-back. He's like, he's huge. He's a mountain, um, but can play a bit as well. He got his debut, actually, um, last year, uh, and it's been a year in between appearances, but during that time, he's captained uh, the the under twenty threes to the Premier League two, uh, Division two title, and now we're we're obviously in the top tier when it comes to the under twenty threes, and he captains the side there. Um, but he got his he, he played last night. He was man of the match last night against Fulham. Um, he's a real man, and I mean he's only nineteen year old uh, and was called up to the England under twenty ones just recently. And if you consider the fact that he hasn't even played a Premier League game and he's getting a call up to the England under-21s is decent, I think. Um, I'm, I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. I was trying to find out who actually played at centre-back for the under-21s in the last game, but I couldn't find it. But the, it'll be players that'll be playing at, at Premier League level. And Charlie's not even got a, a, you know, a start. I expect him to start this weekend. So if you get a chance to check him out, please do. Um He's, he's a top centre-back. I remember being at a live event about three years ago now, uh, and Andy Hughes, used to play for Leeds, he's a coach at Norwich now, um, spoke about him then and said, you need to wait for this kid. You need to wait for this kid to come off the conveyor belt. City have tried to sign him previously, mm-hmm. um, but he, he's really happy at Leeds, wants to stay at Leeds. So genuinely, I would go as, as far as to say... Um, he he will play for England one day. I'm that confident. Um, he's he's just yeah, just he's just a mint. Like he's a man mountain, you know. He's just a bit of a beast, and then he's just great on the ball as well. So certainly one to watch out for. Um, Sam Greenwood, and another another great kid, plays as a striker. Can play in the ten. Um, he was at Arsenal. Yeah, I was going to say uh, formerly at Arsenal. Yeah, when I was looking him yeah, up. There, yeah, he'd have stayed at Arsenal. I think Arsenal fans wanted him to stay, but he was. Uh, homesick. He's uh, originally from Sunderland, okay. uh, so he wanted to move back up north. Um, Arsenal got him from Sunderland uh, when obviously they were relegated and whatnot. Um, so he's he's uh, another exciting player. He's had little chances in the first team here and there last season during the Cups, but I mean, we were knocked out of the Cup by Mark Wright's Crawley. I mean, we didn't take the Cup seriously at all last season, so it was a bit yeah. unfair. Um, but Leeds are smashing it at under 23s, and that brings me on to Joffy Geldart, Joe Joffy Geldart. Um, he's been labelled the next Rooney. I think it's because of his build and he's a scouser, so it's easy to make the comparison. Um, but he really is an exceptional talent. He was wanted by a host. I think even Liverpool, I think Manchester United. Where was, was he born? Host, uh, it, Liverpool. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought yeah. I read that earlier and I thought, well, um, yeah. for a player like that who's so highly rated for Everton or Liverpool yeah. not to be near him was, was a bit strange. Yeah, well, he's been playing at Wigan. That's what I mean. We we managed to get him after they went into, you know, they had their financial mm. issues. Um, so we've picked him up for next to nothing. And it's a real testament to where Leeds United are as a football club now and the passage from the under-23s into the first team. We picked up a kid called Lewis Bate from Chelsea, 
Chelsea wanted to keep him. He's seen Leeds as a, a, a better avenue to get into first-team football as opposed to rotting at Chelsea sometimes like they do. Um, so so the fact that we picked him up is great. I think Biel's is a massive plus to that. But I'm going to share. I'm going to try share with you now, Gab, if that's all right. I'm going to share some goals that he scored against Liverpool. I don't know. Are we allowed to share these now? Will we get copyrighted for this? <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, just you don't know we're copyright. The, the the they're all right on the old Twitter sphere. Tell me if you can see that. Yeah, I can. Can you see that? Yeah, yeah. Um, this is one of the goals that is. Oh no, I'm gonna. Do you know what, Joe? Uh, have you got? Yeah. Is that is that a link that you have? It's uh, it's on Twitter, mate. Yeah, it's available on Twitter. Okay, I'd probably need to get Did the video because they won't. No, because they're, they're just up on they're up they're up on a small screen here. They won't come up on the big one. Um, oh, nine, I, nine, I need nine, to get the list, but do you know what to do? Um, I'm going to tag you in them, eh? Yeah, tag the LFC Day Trippers in, and then we can, we can we can we can show it to our people afterwards. Yeah, um, yeah all our viewers. And some and stuff beauties, afterwards. genuinely, yeah. some beauties. Um, and he, he can, got his. Can go and, they can, they'll go and check that. Out. They will check that. Out. Yeah, man. I'll do that for you. I'm going to tag you in there, right? But there's some beauties. That's done, mate. Can and you he's, hear me? He's. Is he the highest rated you would have ever to treat him? Yeah, I, I would say so, yeah, definitely for sure. Um, I think the fact that even getting likened to a player like Wayne Rooney, I know, you know, we're not his biggest fans, but you know, I think it's uh it's it's exciting times for Leeds United. The Leeds United fans have been wanting him to play, like I say, scoring goals for fun. He scored two the other day against yourselves, um, you know, in the under twenty threes, and they were both spectacular goals. Um, he, he got he came off the bench yesterday um, against Fulham. Okay, he didn't really get into it because he didn't have long enough to do so. Um, but he, he's one that really excites me, and I think we'll see more of him in the first team. And, and like I say, he's already shown he can do it at a championship level, and that's that's men's football. You know, that is yeah. men's football. He played a, a couple of games for Wigan down there as well. So I think, again, I know I'll put my neck on the line, but I'm even considering sticking a bet on to see them two uh, in the England squad. You know, when you hear like of people, yeah. I think did Chris Kirkland's dad yeah. put a bet on him to yeah. play yeah, for yeah. England once and that. So yeah. I'm like, do you know what? I'm, I think it might be worth a little yeah, bit. Harry, Harry, yeah, Harry Wilson's dad put... Um, when he was three or four, no, it might have been a bit later, 10 or something, he put, I don't know, it was like 100 quid on him playing for Wales and it came in. Or was Wales at a national tournament and he must have, I genuinely made, I think he made like 10 grand or like a thousand pounds or something because Harry Wilson went to the Euros and he played. So he won his bet. There you go. Yeah. yeah Conroy, go. just do me a favour, just drop out for a second there with the link and come back in because you're you're out of sync. But if you drop out and come back in, it'll um it'll bring you back. Um Chris, I'll come back to you because I want to talk to you. Like those three players from Leeds, um I looked them up and they do look very, very impressive in fairness. Um, you know, you've a centre half, you've a forward and you've a, a, an out and out striker, I think is probably the way the way to put to put those three. And you know, it's great to see and, and it's just like we see because of social media and stuff like that, we do get to see more of these now. You know, we get we get to see more of these players and and they're they're bigged up. And there's a lot of players that are big up and they don't they don't happen. But um, it seems there's just there just seems to be more certainty around these players because they're that good. Um, so I want to talk to you about. Oh, go on, go on. You can have the right back, Connor Bradley. Go on. Yeah, uh, the best thing I like about watching when young players playing this this will sound a bit perverse but is a 
is actually when they struggle. Uh, because I want to see how a player reacts. Yeah. Because, you know, effort's great when it's all rosy and people think it's all linear and everything goes up in one straight line. It's all, it's peaks and troughs. And he had like a difficult, probably five, ten minutes leading up to the penalty where he, he just he's just naive. He just, you see the panic and he clatters him as a penalty. And you're thinking like, I've seen plenty of youngsters, once that happens, the Reds go and that's it. And they stop playing the natural game and you think they get hauled off after ten minutes later because you, you wonder what they're going to do. To be fair to him, uh, second half came out, he went back to normal, composed, getting forward, doing what you expect the Liverpool fullback to do, which is getting high, getting your crosses in, link link up on one-twos. You know, he played like what I would call a Liverpool right-back, probably more in the Robson style than the Trent style. Uh, but I was in, that's always, I think, the most impressive thing of a youngster is when, when you hit with a bit of adversity is how do they react? Does it shake them and that's it? You have to sort of build them back up again? Or did he just bat it off and go away? And he seems to have that about it. I think Cleveland Kel- Keller has the same sort of mentality that if he, if something goes wrong, it doesn't affect him. And I do think that's that's something you can't re- you can teach, but it's it's better. It's naturally in you. And I do I do think that was my biggest Im- impression of him was while he was good on the ball, and you know, yes, he did what a right back should should do. You know he reacted to adversity really well and not every youngster does that. And I do think that's where you find the best for a player. I think we've got senior players that don't react as well to adversity like that. Yeah. Kevin Ball says Bradley was good apart from the pen, but his head could have dropped after that, but it didn't. He's had some inter- international experience as well for such a mm. young young player. And I always say, you know, long moves are great for certain players, but I, I, I think you're starting to see a trend where the ones that are top, top, like, top level that he absolutely think is going to make it I think they try to keep hold of them for a bit longer and to get them into the, to get them in like for Liverpool's sake right Kevin Kelleher Curtis Jones never loaned it right Harvey Elliott did go on loan and then he just was brilliant in the championship and he went I, I was convinced he wouldn't go anywhere a lot of people are saying no another loan to a Premier League club and my argument always is if you think they're that good you, the last thing they're missing for me is the mentality that is instilled in a in a in a successful um first team squad. The standards that need to be kept on a daily, daily basis, like a really, really high standard. And getting to know these players that they will end up playing with. And the longer you're with them, like Queen Kelleher spends for me a year watching Alison Becker. Just watching him. You know, doesn't play an awful lot of games, but you can see in Queeby and Kelleher. He's what transformation is ridiculous. Yeah, he's quick off his line. Yeah. He's brilliant with his feet. You know, he's 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 just like a blondie version of, of Alison Becker. I'm not saying he's anywhere near as close to him, but you can see he's like a prototype of him. You know, and, and that's what that's what I think is absolutely huge. And 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 with Bradley, like his head could have went down, but it didn't. He do you know what? When I see there was one shot of him last last night and he's walking after he wins a free kick where he, he he protects the ball. The fellow goes over the back of him. They both fall on the ground and he gets up and he walks away. And I don't know if you can go back and if you go back and see it. Watch him walking away and it's literally like watching Steven Gerrard walk away 20, 25 years ago. Genuinely. The way he walks, the body shape of him, it's genuine. Now, I'm not saying he's Steven Gerrard but it was just a kind of nonchalance to him. You know, like standing tall walking away. It, it, just watch it back. Now, it's probably me being just weird and I know Joe thinks that. But, <laughs> it was just, it was just, you know, you know, when you see someone and you say to yourself, there's just something about him, even the way he carries himself. And I think that's what I noticed with Connor, Connor Bradley. M- moving on, though, um, 
I want to have a word about Cade Gordon. And, and I've asked people in the chat, who do you think will be the next to break through? And Cade Gordon's name has come up a lot. And um, Musialowski, who's a young player at Liverpool, has raved about Joe. Um, go and what, go and check this fellow out. He's um, he's ridiculous. Um, I can't. I don't. I can't remember his first name. It's just hard enough to say his second name. But Musialowski um, is absolutely outrageous. He looks an outrageous footballer. Um, so Joe, that's one for you to go and look at. But Cade Gordon. Um, you know, there's a couple of comments up there that I, I kept from earlier. Barry Barry Linden says, uh, he says, Gordon is going to be special. Just needs to realise his own ability. He's got plenty of time. And Kieran B um, followed her up a little bit later. And he, he was saying that, you know, for him, Kay Gordon will make it for sure. He's a banker. He's talented, but his attitude is fantastic. Great work rate and pressing for a 16-year-old. And, and you know what? The first thing, Jurgen Klopp went to congratulate him after the game last night. And the first thing, before he can congratulate him, Kay Gordon is saying thanks to him, you know, for giving him a game. And Jurgen Klopp is saying, well, there's no need to thank me. You, you deserve where you, where, where you are, I suppose. And Conroy, looking at, looking at <coughs> Kay Gordon, for me, real, real talent, real talent. Um, probably needs to build up a little bit bit lightweight maybe but he has all the I think he has all the the attributes to, to get into a Liverpool side at some stage only 16 as well yeah though, he's only 16 he's, yeah he's no 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 like, that's what I'm saying child, he, he? the natural the natural natural yeah. progress for him will to see him build up be a bit more powerful but he you know you could even see him last night moving in from the wing to try to get involved in the game and, and, and try you know put a stamp on it I, I, he looks a real talent as well yeah, see the thing is, I've got to be honest, it's very, I know they're not the exact same player, it's very reminiscent of uh, uh, Harvey Elliott at Fulham at 16 for me, a young kid getting in an environment and showing enough, not the end product or anything, but showing he's obviously got a, what's the, not a superior talent, but a talent that's definitely ahead of his years. I'd say like you look at Elliott, you look at Bellingham's a big example, Bellingham's probably actually passed any youngster for the rate he's went at, that's ridiculous. Cade Gordon last night, I, I was interested to watch him. I thought he looked good in that wing. Um, obviously, parts of his game he well developed, but he's, he's only 16. But I thought he, even there was a wee stage, he cut in, had a shot, he looked really good, started fresh. He had the, the pass to Arrighi that was just, just nearly went through, that was a good pass. And also, there was a wee moment where it was him and Bradley, because I know Chris was talking about Bradley, had a bit of link up in the first half. His first half, no, it was the first half. And like he plays a flick ball over the top, and it's like Bradley's first touch, it's really good. And to me, it's it's just it falls into the Elliot bracket. It's like we've got a youngster there. He's got two years to kind of have the development that Elliot did. And I know it's slightly different because to me, he looks like a proper winger. But then again, I thought Elliot was. So there's there might be a bit of development and adaptation there. But I can see him going out on loan, similar to what Elliot done. And I feel like the talk about Cade, Gord- Cade Gordon to me seems very similar. And I, again, I feel like... You see me okay, guys? Yeah. Yeah, uh, to me it's very similar and I feel like it's another exceptional talent. I'm, I'm kind of more cynical when it comes to academies, but I'll be honest, I think with the resurgence of Elliot, it makes me have more confidence that Gordon could, could get in his team. I would, however, say I'd say that my favourite out of the players we've talked about tonight, not including Kelleher, because obviously he's an established member, I'd say Connor Bradley's probably got the best chance because Milner's getting older. And he can 100%, there's a spot to be filled as a backup right back for Liverpool. There's 100% a spot. Let's be honest, he's going to be looking at, I can get in ahead of Nico Williams. And then when Milner eventually goes, if it's the end of this season, the season after, for me, I think Bradley's got realistically the, the, best, the best shot at the moment anyway. Yeah. Now, moving away from this, because I want to get, we have 
20 minutes left, so I'm going to give Joe the floor on this VAR. I want to have a discussion with him. Lad, you sit back and relax and think about your winners and losers. Joe, um, <laughs> so I'm going to run through a series of tweets, Joe, mm-hmm. with regards to VAR, and then me and you are going to have a discussion over. Five minutes, right? I'll, do you want me to do you want me to sound the air horn when, when our time is up? Yeah, you can do it if you Okay, will, I really yeah. want to. So um, <laughs> this is my opportunity, right? Um, but before we get into it, Chris, will you please read out the full draw from the League Cup so people know? Okay, yeah. So we had Chelsea versus Southampton, Arsenal versus Leeds, Stoke versus Brentford, West Ham versus City, Leicester versus Brighton, Burnley v Tottenham, QPR v Sunderland, and Preston v Liverpool. Good stuff, good stuff. That's the full, full list. Now, Joe, I'm going to show you some stuff. All right, ready? Here we go. Yeah. All right, so Dale Johnson um, from ESPN is the man when it comes to VAR. He breaks every situation down, tells you what what was happening, um, what reports I think he gets back um, with regards to VAR, the, the what the ref said, what the fourth official said, what the lad in the van and uh, in the industrial estate said out in Stockley Park, all that sort of stuff, right? So, Joe, I want to run you through this, and I'm just going to run through them all from the start to finish, mm. and then you can tell me what you're feeling because me and you had a discussion yeah. about this the other day, right? So, he says, on the Leeds penalty claim in Newcastle for Joe Will- Willock catching Daniel James, he says, it's another penalty. Mike Dean thought James ran into Willock, and it was a coming together. But he's very surprised VAR Jared Gil- Gillette didn't advise the review another case of trying to be too quick okay and then we have a series of stuff here right um dale johnson still can't decide if it's a penalty or not haven't watched it many times this is with regards to um Armstrong and Kyle Walker and Man City. He says Armstrong is slides, slides in for the ball as Walker starts his challenge, meaning Walker doesn't even really make a tackle. But once given for whatever reason, it's hard to cancel it. Okay? And, you know, just to follow that up, he says Moss sent Walker off for a different defence. Okay? He judged Walker had pushed Adam Armstrong, hence the red, meaning he has not seen the incident correctly. At that point, the review of the whole penalty situation comes into play. Moss has given it for something that doesn't exist. When Moss goes to the monitors, all the options are open to him. Penalty in red, penalty in yellow, penalty in no card, no penalty in no card. As the incident is completely different to his original decision, option four is very much in play. Joe, you got upset by this. And the reason you got upset by all of this is because you feel that... like, Do you feel that VAR is just inept in both situations there? And the fact that it's Man City in one and Leeds in the other is actually part of this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, well, listen, and, do you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna you know shut you down. Is? I just want you to say how you feel about this. But I will yeah, send I will par- sound an air horn in four minutes. Yeah. Call me paranoid, right? Leeds United spent what, sixteen long years in the EFL and we kept getting screwed over and we used to uh we were convinced they were out to get us. You know, we were their cash cow, right? So they wanted us to stay in the division, right? So they would put stumbling blocks in our way so we would stay in the division. Now, naturally, this is 16 long years, so it's been, you know, okay, they might not have, but the paranoia was real. Believe me, the paranoia was real. Draw for this track, that's the best comment. Yeah. Draw for this You come up to the Premier League and it is very, very top six heavy, in terms of decisions. Um, What frustrated me most about the Dan James situation, it was a clear penalty. 
It's a clear penalty. Like, why hasn't it been checked? That's what I don't understand. And you reading all that stuff to me there, Gav, I still don't have a clue. So you can sort of have some sort of sympathy, maybe, with the referees a little bit because all them things that are going around their mind, I'm not sure. But the Dan James one was a stonewall pen. And then it also begs into question, and this is a bit of a wider thing around the top six situation, is whilst we're not getting a penalty for Dan James, we have uh, one of our best centre-backs currently serving a free match ban for a perfectly good tackle. Now, regardless of what your thoughts are on that, when that's been reviewed, if we look back to the Sun situations two years ago, 2019, his was overturned, yet yet he actually didn't get the ball on Gomez. Now, regardless of what you think of the challenge of Pascal Strauch on Harvey it was, you know, he, he actually got the ball. So the fact that they upheld the decision and decided to ban him for three games for what I perceive to be a perfectly good challenge, it, it just, it's beggar's belief because when Sun does it, and he, they said, I'm probably being a bit harsh here, but he throws on the waterworks, <laughs> He gets his he gets his overturned. Why? Tottenham are top six. And then we look at the city situation with Kyle Walker. It's a penalty for me. He sent him off. And then to to then chip while it happened, right? I didn't see it at the time. I'm watching, you know, what's it called? Sky Sports, Jeff Stelling, all that sort of stuff. And it, oh, there's a red and I just I tweeted out at the time. What a surprise. We can't get a penalty in a top six side or having theirs overturned and a man staying on the pitch. Kyle Walker's got form for this. Kyle Walker can't challenge in the box. He's forever giving away penalties. So maybe that's originally swayed the referee's decision. And then he's like, oh, this is Man City. It's actually, yeah, oh, I best overturn it, you know. Nah, no red. I don't know what you guys think of, on the red situation. Well, it's just frustrating. For me, because Dan James was a stonewall pen. And as I've said, we've got a, a lad. We're, we're like four centre-backs light now. Four centre-backs light. And one of them shouldn't even be suspended. And then that's not having a dig at Liverpool or the, anything. It's just, I think it shows top six bias for me personally. And VAR's also being used in that sim similar sort of thing, man. I think... Um... Yo, man, Kev Sullivan, Kev O'Sullivan, that is not a straight red. And I don't know if you try to trigger me here. You should have brought me on when this was in. It was never a straight red. And I'd be very it's surprised. Do you know what? I'm not going to get into a big row or so. I'm just going to respond to the three <laughs> incidents, okay? Um, I can't even remember what Son done. I think he pushes Andre Gomez into somebody else, if I remember rightly. No, he snapped his leg. Um, no, yeah, no, but did, did he not? He slid in and it was like the end going in. I have visions of him pushing somebody into somebody else. No. That's, that's, yeah. that's Hugo Lloris when he did the documentary. No, it was, anyway, him. listen, I can't remember yeah. the song stuff. But anyway, Joe, without getting into a massive debate with you, um, I see where you're coming from. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's um, overly paranoid what you're saying, right? But um, first of all, Dan James is most certainly a penalty, right? Now, yeah. the, the the thinking is that Mike Dean thinks they have a coming together, right? For me, as a if VAR. Um, is working correctly, okay? Mike Dean says in his ear, I think that's a coming together. And VAR says, well, it's not. Um, I no. think it's a penalty. Will you go and look at it? And he looks at it and he gives a penalty. That's how I think it should work. But I think yeah. Mike Dean says that and the person doesn't correct him, 
Okay. Do you think uh, there's a and, fear and, of wanting to to to? No, that's Jared Gillette's first game on VAR as well. This is Australian ref last week. We're all giving credit for on BT, who I'm looking forward to see referee a game for the first time. It'll be an international referee, but that's his first game in VAR. So it might just be a case that. Well, he's, he's not made the first international there. referee because Dermot Gallagher was. Um, no, he's the first. Uh, no, he's the first uh, out of before seas. Not sorry, I didn't mean to say. Uh, he's the first overseas referee. Because that's mm. what it said, Jared Gillette. Because you've been brought outside from of the UK and Ireland, yeah, yeah, not, not, not I said, far. Oh, overseas, sorry, I, mm. I mean, I can't remember yeah. the phrase. Yeah, there's no, a big sea between Ireland and England. No, yeah. I'm not saying Ireland's, but I'm not saying that. But I just meant that's where he came in. But I feel like that's his first game. So to be honest, guys, I think that's not a bias. I think that's maybe just a mistake. Yeah, but because... but 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 to be honest with you, that's not good enough. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not it's not. You know, it's not good enough. I it's only, it's, it's like me. It's like me going to drive bias. a van for the first day and crashing the van and going first day. That's yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, like the fucking <laughs> yeah, van still crashed. Right. You know I'm what I mean? Just, I, we'll I, get I'm you another van I'm tomorrow. Just be more careful. You know, it's it, but like to me, the process in my mind, and I could be completely wrong. Right? Kevin Sullivan comes back and says, "Yep, James is definitely a pen. It's nailed on." And he's not trying to trick you. By the way, Kevin's one of the most honest guys you come across. But for me, on. Even if Mike Dean says nothing to that, even if he says no, 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 and says nothing, they should be in his ear going, Mike, we've looked at it back, he's cleaned them over. You've looked at it, you've seen it wrong. Well, no, and there's no, there's no, there's no follow on for me. It's a definite penalty. With regards to, um, the centre half or leads, it's a red card in my opinion, right? And listen, I'm, now, the, the, the big thing for me here, Joe, the, no, 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 the big, no, Joe, I listen to you, no, hold on. The big thing for me, Joe, the big thing for me, Joe, is there's no intent. There's no malice in it, right? And intent is not in the rule book. He jumps, he jumps from behind, Joe. He leaves the ground from behind on a player. There's no malice involved, right? Now, the, the, the problem in that situation is that the play goes on, right? And then it's seen what happened to Harvey Elliott. VAR don't make the decision there. VAR don't. The actual decision is made by the fourth official. It's the fourth official that says, right? Now, I'm not saying that the process was correct on the Harvey Elliott thing because I don't think it was I think I think the referee should have looked at the tackle and went he's left the ground it's it's a, it's an unsafe manner to make a tackle that's the ruling of the game right now I'm not I'm not telling you not to go out and tackle people I don't think um, Patrick Strook is his name isn't it I don't think he I, I wouldn't look at him next time he plays Liverpool and goes that's that fucking scumbag that done Harvey Elliott not a chance because I think he made a genuine attempt to play a ball I don't think there was malice or intent, but the way he done it was out of control. And in the rules of the game, if you're out of control in a tackle, that's what's going to happen. I don't, I don't hold anything against the guy. I just think he's, he's the both players for me are an unfortunate victim of the circumstance. Right now, the city one, right, that's a complete mess for me, a complete mess. And the reason it is is because he makes the decision that Kyle Walker has come across a guy, hasn't gone near the ball, has come across a guy and taken him down. The guy is falling because of the weight of Kyle Walker on him. You know, Kyle Walker's literally leaning on him from an angle. The guy is, I think, is genuinely trying to stay up. Genuinely. But I think Kyle Walker comes in, puts his leg across him, and the guy has nowhere else to go. The decision is made, red card and um, penalty. Okay. Now, in my opinion, the referee should have stopped the game and went, I'm not sure on this. Let me go and look at it. But how he goes from red card and penalty to no red card and no penalty, watching them, uh, you know, 
clips and whatever else in full HD in front of them from all angles is absolutely and utterly beyond me. And it's similar to the one where West Ham are giving a free against them when Wan-Bissaka goes nowhere near the ball and cleans in. That was nuts. That um, was crazy. It was a Yarmolenk. It wasn't Yarmolenk. Uh, no, it's um, is it, is it, no, I think it's no, Suchik. 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 And I'm looking going, well, it doesn't really matter. He's not <laughs> offside. He's not offside either. He's clearly not offside. Yeah, it, it, it's a strange one. And do you know what? VAR, I think, has been better this season, but I still think there's issues. And I think the most galling one of the lot is actually the Leeds one away in Newcastle. I could not believe me always watching it. And Joe, I don't know how he ended up watching Leeds in Newcastle on Friday night. Maybe because I knew they just both go hammer and tongs at it, and they did. And when I seen it, and don't get me wrong, I've seen Daniel James playing for United and he, he he has a habit of going down easily. That's that's my opinion of him at times. But he clearly gets the ball and Willock clearly absolutely goes straight into him. If you think it's, a, it's a coming together, you say it to the VAR and VAR look at it and go, it's not a coming together. Go to the screen and look at it and you make the decision. In my opinion, it's a red card or it's a penalty. And that's what should be happening. They are getting there. It's not perfect. But Joe, I don't think you're overly... Um, I don't think you're, your paranoia is... is way out there when 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 you see the top six stuff now liverpool i think on the staff have suffered more from var than anybody else and um, probably going back last season and this season um with regards to overturned decisions and stuff like that but then again a lot of them decisions could be correct you know the sort of way it's just unfortunate in that in the way it goes but go on joe you're very upset yeah no i can't help but think and i said this and again sorry to bring it back to that i won't touch on it because we're going to disagree and that's fine mm-hmm. Um, I can't help but think if the if it was Virgil Van Dyke on someone, Virgil Van Dyke would have had his overturned. I, I, I can't help but think that that would have but, happened. But Manny's didn't, Joe. Manny against Sarah Ederson, you know that didn't get overturned. He, he got the match banned for that, and they tried to say there was no malice, and there wasn't. So, like, I, I, it's, well, it's that, well, that man, way, that, just... that man, one you were talking about was pre VAR, right? And it's still, still yeah, no, it's still it's still, it's still incenses me to this day because Mane is looking at a ball over the top, completely has his eye on the ball. He's he's outside the box. He puts his foot up to try control it, and I think it is Ederson comes out and he, yeah, he takes Ederson out. But having said that, is he out of control? in what he's doing. So you have to look at it from that side, side as well. No, but that one didn't even get rescinded. So that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but, that, so but that's what I'm saying. The, the, the whole control element, I think, is 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 where where it comes down to. I don't... I, malice and intent comes comes out of it. Um, it, it, it yeah. It's not part of it. I think just, the thing is, as well, you know, um, like Conroy mentioned, if that's that guy's first game, someone mentioned it in the comments as well with the Dan James situation where maybe he didn't want to overrule the ref. That's not good enough because if Leeds get a second in that game, we batter them four or five. No, no, it's, it's not good enough, people. mate. I just think yeah. in that case, it's not a, a subconscious bias with some maybe institu- yeah. institutionalised refs previously. That, that's all I was saying with that one. Because yeah. mm. the guys, that's not good enough. I completely agree, mate. I just think the other examples in the past, I do. I don't think you're absolutely paranoid. I just think with that one, it's maybe just a mistake. And I know it's hard to take, but that, that's that's all I was saying on that one. I even thought as well, I don't know if you guys agree with me, I even thought like... And this is hard for me to say because I can't stand them. But I even thought there was a case that Ronaldo should have had a pen before West Ham got their pen. 
I thought Zuma that won. was a penalty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Won, but because I was laughing at the time, thinking if if West Ham convert this, Man United will be fuming because they should have had a pen. Yeah. And it'll be brilliant. But the thing with the United one and 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 the Ronaldo one is particularly with Zuma is Zuma sticks a leg out. There's no doubt about it. The problem there is that Ronaldo literally literally starts dropping to the floor as soon as he touches the ball before Zuma goes near him. Do you know the sort of way? Um, and I think that's what, what done Ronaldo. If The funny thing is, if Ronaldo just runs in a straight line, okay, in a straight line, he's getting a penalty because Zuma is... Both, it's, it's, a, it's actually an awful challenge really, yeah. by Zuma. It's an awful challenge by Zuma. And Ronaldo, instead of trying to preempt or hope that he can make a contact, um, he, he actually, if he just runs in a straight line, he gets a penalty. He gets a penalty. Um, but it's 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 just look, it's one of those. Um, uh, free world. Um, I think he's back to upset me. Um, because he tries it most weeks. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna let's get let's get this over and done with free world. Um, he says, um, Gav, if you want to attempt an overhead kick and someone sticks their head near your foot, you knock the player out, but also score. Is it a goal? I don't think it is. Dangerous play. Yeah, I think because your foot's up above the head. If you score an overhead kick and no one's head's knee, it's fine. But I think if you, if someone actually has their head there and you kick them, I don't think it is a goal. Um, and I, it that could be a trick. It's not his the guy's fault who's done the overhead kick and scored at will. Did this no, but I don't. But, but this is the thing. It, it's nobody's fault. This this thing. It's nobody's fault. But that's part of the game. The intent is not there. It's it's to do with the fact that your your foot has contacted somebody's head at that height regardless of your intent or not but Joe that's the rule of the game this is what I'm saying to you this is what what I'll say to you and I get everyone's emotional and they'll be flying it in the chat and I'm emotional I'm in the back but ask yourself the question if Harvey Elliott doesn't get injured we are not even talking about this but that's but that's he doesn't even get a red he doesn't get a red no but this that's in the rules that's in the rules though isn't it if you off both feet it, it the the, yeah. the referee didn't even blow, man. I was in the ground. It was a perfectly good tackle. No Liverpool player complained. No manager complained. It wasn't until afterwards. So therefore, no, because because yeah, but but no, but but nobody the, nobody uh, nobody gave out, Joe, and nobody complained, and nobody and people Liverpool players were shocked when the red card came out. And the reason behind mm. all that is because the players were looking, going, "We know you didn't mean anything bad. We know you didn't." But the referee has to look at it in black and white, Joe. He has to look at it and go, "He did not mean to do that." He did not set out to hurt him, but the fourth official has said he's left the ground from behind and he's out of control. And that's all they care about, Joe. That's all they care. They don't care about me or you talking, you know, in in sense in some parts and emotionally in other parts. And actually looking at the reaction of players or fans or officials or whoever or management nearby. Do you get me? Um, they don't care about that. All they're looking at is... The referee doesn't give the foul, correct. The fourth official, when it stopped, is the one that says something because it didn't go to VAR. The fourth official made the thing and said he jumped, he was out of control. That's that's what happened there, Joe. There's no one, there's no blame in it. It's just the way the, the it's it's worded in the rule book. And intent and malice is not even considered in it. What what I will say, just not on this, just off top slightly off, um, is we all loved the way the Euros was refereed. The way VAR was used, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I think our league have then gone, right, okay, what we'll try to do is speed it up so that it's not as many stoppages as the Euros, but it's actually come at a detriment because that now they're missing shit. 
now the last season it was too slow though so you, you no, can but never this is what I'm saying. So the, the, there's one big track you need yeah, that happy medium like the guys in Europe. That was perfect. But Euros was a, is a tournament. This is league every week. So you're, you're, yeah. you've got a bigger sample size to see stuff going wrong. It's nev- No one's ever going to be happy. It's genuinely. No, Listen, fair. Republic of Ireland, Thierry Henry handballs it. With VAR, oh, don't that do doesn't that. happen. Jesus Christ. Yeah, Simple as that. VAR is here to stay. It's never going anywhere else. We just need to get used to it and it will improve. Dave, right, Chris. Last, big, last word on it, Chris. Go. The big thing with the Euros is uh, they had VAR officials who just looked at one game. So they literally had an official for every game. Um, they don't do that in England or in any country. You basically have, like, say, four lads in a, in a van, and they've got to look at all the games, and they, they brought the instance up. So that's probably why there's less mistakes, because literally you've got one fella, and his job is to look at England-Russia. Do you reckon the Australian fella Friday, crashed the van? Only, Friday, there was only Leeds versus Newcastle. Yeah, do you, do you reckon? No, but I'm saying, but that's what, but that doesn't help, if you know what I mean, though. Do you reckon, in, a um, week, in, a, in a normal week, there's like three, four games going on, and obviously they've got to do multiple ones. Do you reckon um, Do you reckon the, the Australian fella crashed the van on the way home as well? Yeah, I reckon he did, yeah. yeah. Wrong side of the road or whatever. Um, or maybe he's driving a different side of the road over there I'm not too sure anyway right let's move on because he's a ruined my time frame now and I'm not happy and I was going to play a fucking just do it man just do it I'll carry on talking and you can just do it no no because I don't know right so can can we we do a little poll as to what the best sound is to end I can't believe you said that he crashed the van right (laughs) it's brilliant he crashed the van so I have an applause yeah right don't like that. Bicycle <laughs> horn, br- brace yourself the ears. Brace your ears. Right? Um, this is the really level. That's a good one. That's good. Okay. I, like, I like that one. This one? That's the price is right. That's called Glockenspiel. Someone made that up. Um, there's a party there. No, I'm not mad at that. And then there's just a triangle. Nice little triangle. I like the triangle. Um, and it turns out I can actually add sound effects, which is amazing. So I can get anything I want. I could actually record Joe shouting, it's a fucking disgrace. And we could just have that as our thing. Um, if you, when we want to end yeah, the subject. Yeah, Jimmy, when he goes, uh, is it when he goes, that's obscene, that is. Yeah, yeah, I'm actually going to get somebody saying something. That'll be your trigger, too. That's the Any, Anytime it's VR, just have Joe saying that. That would be brilliant for the rest of the year. Just Joe sound effect with VR. That'd be brilliant. Okay, now um, we get we might get Joe. Um, I don't know. Joe's quite expensive. He charges a lot of money when he when you ask him to do shit like this. So we have to we have to wait and see. Why is everyone uh, getting fees for this? Do you no, well, exactly. <laughs> well, listen, it'd be royalties, wouldn't it? The amount of times I'm going to press that button every week yeah, and every true. season, you know, the sort of way. Um, number three is getting a, in a huge. Uh, that's the DJ Airhorn. But listen, we can literally yeah. make one up, so it'll be good. Right, winners and losers. Are you ready? When we have. F- 10 minutes right 10 minutes and that's it and then I'm pressing the glock and spiel or whatever we're calling it um, so winners forced Chris winner what's your winner Jürgen Klopp Jürgen Klopp why uh, rotation and um, the I've done the three pre-shows this the amount of bitching and moaning I've seen about the shit teams he's apparently picked he's got more spot on uh, it's almost like he knows what he's doing and to be fair to it he's a manager we have criticised I would say he got the majority of his uh, substitutions right so look Three games, three wins, and first time in our history now we have won four consecutive away games by three goals or more. So 
what more okay. can you ask? Coftino says, um, this is like me nan using the internet for the first time. That's an absolutely <laughs> brilliant show. I'm delighted with that. That's, um, that, look, that's made that little segment well worth it. We're definitely going to get somebody, a couple of people saying different things, and we go, we're going to use them um, in this show, and maybe the Fat Pack 4 as well, for a bit of crack. Conroy, who's your winner of the week? Um, winner, uh, Brighton um, and Graham Potter specifically. That's four wins out of five this season. It's the first time it's the best Premier League start they've ever had. I know they've not had many, but it's an outstanding start. Their only loss was 2-0 Everton away. Um, last season, we talk about how they're really good tactically, fluid, intensity, build-up play, fast build-up, outstanding. But it was the end product, you know. I, I'm not one for expected goals. I've never been like that. But last season, if you watch like the United against Brighton game, they hit the woodwork like five times. And it feels like even uh, Mopai, he scored three goals this season. They're getting goals from different areas. Centre-halves, um, Trossard scored. So they're getting goals from different areas. Great start to the season, playing superb football. And it's just a shout-out to Graham Potter. People sometimes do look down, and I'm not going to get into the international against British coaches. Or, but for me, um, Potter is, I've said for a while, he's a very, very good coach. Underrated is probably not the wrong word, but maybe slightly disregarded when it comes to the bigger jobs. But as Gav said before, he's got a project there. He's going to focus on it. And I feel like, yeah, what an outstanding week for them. And bear in mind, they started the season, they were 1-0 down to Burnley, came back to win 2-1. And then since then, bar the Everton game, they just look look brilliant. And Eves he, he, Basuma has been outstanding as well. But we'll not get into which players Liverpool should have signed. He's been no, superb. No, don't go there. I haven't got the time. Um, Joe, who's your winner of the week? I've gone for Jesse Lingard. Right. Not far. Mm, not no, far, definitely not no, far. Not far. Don't, don't go there. Um, Jesse Lingard, listen, I really dislike Manchester United and, and, and he, I disliked him until he went on loan to West Ham and I could appreciate him better as a footballer. Obviously, what happened against young boys uh, and then for him to come back and and score what was a, a decent goal. I actually like Jesse Lingard and, and, and fair play to him for doing that because I think throughout the season, Manchester United fans are just going to continue to berate him. Um, and I hope he leaves and gets a, a decent club next season. But I just want to say props to him because after, you know, he could have easily kept his head down after that great assist uh, in the young boys game, but he came back and scored a Yeah. Um, there's a phone going absolutely mental there somewhere, boys. Um it could be Joe. Um, we're going to blame Joe. We're blaming Joe on everything tonight. Um, so we might as well continue with that team. Um, in fairness to, to Lingard, I was amazed that he didn't go to West Ham um, like, mm, on a permanent same. basis and get away from United. Not only, I just feel that Solskjaer only use him when he absolutely has to. And I don't think that at the age he's at 28, I think, um, Jesse mm. Lingard, I don't think that's where he needs to be right now. I think West Ham would have been a great move from him, especially the, the way they're they're shaping up West Ham. They seem to have, they're really solid and they're, they're, you know what, they're starting to manage themselves properly. Um, West Ham, so fair play to them. Um, so we've had three winners. Um, Chris, loser of the week. David Moyes. Although, okay. it, it's where football makes a fool of you because he just won tonight. Like, But uh, that's that's sub in the United game. Every man and his dog were going, he's going to fucking miss now, isn't he? You know, did he not watch the Euros? Did he not realise that, you know, bringing players on cold who have, barely kick the ball isn't always the best idea. It's even funny because David De Gea's record at saving penalties is atrocious. Mm. Uh, but it was just a it was a bit of a mad decision because like just put someone like a, a rice on who's who's pumped up for the game and go with that. I just think it's it's an un- unnecessary risk and it very rarely comes off unless it's James Milner. 
Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. Moyes is a good show, despite that win tonight at Old Trafford. Um, he is a good show because we always look back at the weekend. That's been when we're picking our winners <coughs> and losers. Um, Conroy, give us your loser. Well, I was going to say West Ham and Moyes and Noble because they missed the penalty, but I'll maybe add something a bit different then. Um, just uh, I, That was my first one. My second one was going to be, an, albeit Juventus won tonight, but it, since if you watch Juve and Barcelona's form since Ronaldo and Messi's left, you know I know Barcelona are in a mess, absolute mess, and Ronald Koeman just came out today and basically had a list of this is the project and left the press conference without answering any questions. So if you've not seen that, go and check that out. So I would say Juventus is maybe not badly ran, and, and maybe Juventus fans will argue that you know the struggle to get in the top four last year and need a change. Couldn't just play well for them since those two players have, have left. You can just see the absolute dip. And I think uh, Barca drew and Juventus, I think, either drew or lost at the weekend as well. So it was just to say they would be my second losers of the week. Okay. I was going to say West Ham would be first and Martin Noble missing that penalty. And telegraphing where he was going, everybody knew he was going to that side. So. Okay, yeah. we're giving a shout out for um, the Ronaldo-less Juventus and the Messi-less uh, Barcelona, which is fair. Barcelona are an absolute shit show. They're an absolute <laughs> shit show. I feel like any career, any career mode in FIFA would have managed their club better than Barcelona have. Yeah, the chances are you're right. Uh, finishes off, Joe. Um, yeah, uh, Harry Kane. Um, it's a madness, oh. and again, he scored tonight, and he. So it's sort of like uh, sod's law. But I think just his whole start to the season uh, under under new manager, new no. Uh, I think prior to tonight's game, well, in the league anyway, they've still only scored. Is it one goal from open play? I think the other week he had the first time in his career no touches or shots in the opposition box. And that goes back to even when he was out on loan um, in the 90 minutes. So that's a madness. And um, so Tottenham are just making me laugh because he's just a he's a he's, wor- he's worse than Jose Mourinho, isn't he? He's a B-Tech Mourinho. Um, and Kane, I feel like he's stuck there now and I feel a bit sorry for him. But at the same time, I, I don't know. He's just a loser, isn't he? Because he's got to stay at Tottenham and they're not going to do anything at all. And I just feel, yeah, no, I do feel sorry for him because, and, and I think as well Spurs have missed a trick because when he does go, if he does go in the summer, maybe he goes to Manchester United if Haaland go, if um, if City go for Haaland, I don't know, loads of moving parts. But what I'm saying is the money that Tottenham will command now is not going to be anywhere close to what they'd have got. So I think they're a loser and Harry Kane's a loser. Look, he scored tonight in the, the Carabao Cup. He always starts poorly. Um, not poorly, but it takes him a while to get going. But it's just a totally different vibe to him. And I don't think he's going to be anywhere close to top goal scorer this season. I think that'll be saved for the man Lukaku, Salah and Ronaldo, I think, between them three. Kane's out of the running for that, I think. Good stuff, good stuff. It's been a great show. Um, we've had meltdowns from Joe. Um, we've had, we've had, we've auditioned noises that we can use on our show. Um, we've had the League Cup draw, 
as we are going. And um, we've had a great chat about Leeds uh, young players along with Liverpool's young players, James Milner, um, VAR. We've we've had loads on tonight, and it's been really really enjoyable. One hour and twenty minutes is more than acceptable. Um, we're five minutes over what we should be, possibly ten. But look, we're having a nice time. Um, Joe, anything else before we go? Where we can we find you? Um, what are you doing? Because every time I contact you now, you're at live events and. You're signing autographs in Leeds. And stuff like that. So where can we I find you, Joe? Uh, just Joe Football Show, not Joe. The Just Joe Football Show. I do plenty of watch-alongs, to be fair. I do uh, the Champions League and whatnot. So I know you'll have all your Liverpool content creators, and rightly so. But if you ever fancy a different uh, look to it, then, then come and watch me. Um, heavily Leeds content you know, related, of course, but yeah, we do a preview show on a on a Thursday at eight o'clock, which is really really fun. Um, a little bit like we used to do on the day trippers on a Friday, mm-hmm. uh, which I miss and I used to really enjoy because I like the trippers. So, um, yeah, just just come over and check that out if you can. Okay, we will. Um, Chris, anything else before we go? Uh, just to say, the women are playing on Sunday, so if you're in the area, go, go and support the go and support the women. If you're a season ticket holder, it's free. And they're even doing free buses now from Manfield. you just got to buy your ticket online. And fingers crossed, I'll have another women's show coming out next week. Good stuff, good stuff. Conroy, anything else before we go? Um, Jess, it was, I meant to say it was the first overseas referee. That's Jared Gillette. So that's his mm. Australian. So he's the first overseas referee. Nobody's not. I wasn't falling down. No, but oh, that, that's, that's, what, that's the article. No, saying. no, no, no I'm because, agreeing with you. Because the the, the, effort, the, the Irish referee wrong. had that's to fly over to sea to get to you. Yeah. No, I'm saying the article's wrong. I'm saying that's what it said. So it's, it's incorrect. Yes, they they correct. I'm, I'm only messing with you. They corrected themselves by saying is he's the um, first referee outside the UK and Ireland. So yeah. that's that's what he does. So uh, just that was article, not me. I know the difference, and I was not trying to say there's no difference. It doesn't matter. People laugh, are going to go into the comments uh, after this and give out about you, and me and you have a lovely laugh about it. So it's always good. Um, no, no, but uh, but just to say as well, you can find me at the Twitter there. So it's at underscore Cornoy H, or you can catch me on YouTube channel Cornoy Talks, which is kind of general football stuff, anything you want, and um, you see yourself different guests from the trippers there. Um, who thankfully come along as well and Joe you're more than welcome to come along anytime so we just anytime just mate, give me a show once, he's not, once he's not at a live event or signing autographs yeah yeah exactly <laughs> mate. so just whenever but if you can catch me there great and you'll see Gav's <laughs> face there quite a lot as well so yeah thanks again for the show Gav really enjoyed that no problem at all. Um, a lot of people get the impression of this show that me and Joe don't like each other and we just slag each other from start to finish, but we do. We love each other immensely. Yeah. Um, but um, as I said, uh, go and check out the women's side if you can. If you're in, if you're in around Liverpool on Sunday, make sure you check out Conroy's Talks YouTube channel and absolutely go and check out Joe's YouTube channel as well. It's full of loads of lead content. It is full of um, general, just general Liverpool or general. Premier League stuff on there as well, yeah. and the watch-alongs as well. Um, but listen, if Leeds get denied a penalty. Mute the fucker because um, he, he gets very, very upset. That we'll has been <laughs> that has been the midweek <laughs> fix for this week. Thanks for joining us. And um, there's a carnage tomorrow. Grizz is on it. He's away on holiday, but there is a carnage tomorrow. I know. Um, Avi is looking after that for tomorrow. Avi will be back then on Friday with Sports Unplugged. Um, Saturday we will have pre and post match around Brentford. Sunday will be the fat back four, and then God knows what we'll do next week. But I know there's an international break coming soon, isn't there? So um. That's when that's when we enjoy enjoy ourselves. Midweek, um, midweek quizzes and fucking drafts and drafts, drafts, random yeah. chats and shit like that. So that's when we come into our own. Um, when we don't have to talk about football, we're the best football fucking talkers around. Right, that has been it. That has been the midweek fix. Thanks for joining us. Over now. Sports 
Sports Social Podcast Network.